But what I've been going through is integration of just allowing, like allowing, accepting all parts of myself and not villainizing or suppressing parts of myself, right? So it's kind of like fear, for example. It's like when you try to get rid of fear, have you ever tried to get rid of fear? Um, it's like, and so people say like, you know, um, you know, kill your fear. And it's like, well, no. And then there's the saying, of course, feel the fear and do it anyways. But it's like, okay, well, what about just like acknowledging the fear and going like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna allow this to be here. I'm gonna do it anyways, but I'm also going to be like, hey, I see you, it's cool. What do you think the worst that's gonna happen is? And just leaning into it rather than running away from it. Why, hello everybody. Welcome back. We are at the Write Songs You Love podcast. And it's been a little while since, since we've had a guest on here. Actually, our last official guest was Death. <laughs> so coming off the Halloween season, it was great to have all your responses and questions and and I love having guests on and especially when we get to bring people back who have been on the podcast before to to check in again and see how life has progressed and what's going on in songwriting and I'm ultra delighted today to bring on an amazing friend mentor collaborator spirit guide many things <laughs> embodied in one being of energy uh that is none other than chris amazeballs bradley back on the right songs you love podcast so <laughs> welcome back my friend best middle name ever and <laughs> also i would have described you using the exact same language so thank you <laughs> it's good to be back <laughs> well it's it's super cool to come back and just be in the space. We've had a really neat adventure over the last number of months, particularly mm -hmm. with you exploring songwriting in kind of a different way. And in a whole new way. In a whole new world. I was just going to go there. In a whole new way. <laughs> <laughs> so I know lots of lots of the people listening are familiar with you and what you what you have been building and working on and and I'll get you to touch base on that but just as a summary from 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 my background and my experience like Chris is someone who has performed in so many different ways as as an artist has toured around the world has written songs that have landed in all sorts of really cool places like films and TVs and commercials. And you've been a leader of a all women's Led Zeppelin cover band. And you've been like, there's so many things that you've done, but all, all of that coming to head in, in creating an organization called Produce Like a Boss, which helps singer songwriters gather and build their tools to produce themselves and really take their music making and sharing into their own hands, but not just that, just being able to help them, those who want to build, build up their brands in the way that feels fitting with their intentions. And again, if they want to monetize their music in ways that are amazing to actually make a living and a career out of that. So my whoop, whoop, my hands pump into the sky for you for all of those things, because you really have affected the trajectory of probably now thousands and thousands of musicians being able to live through their music, which is really special to be able to say and to hear. And I'm one of those people, you know, like you've greatly affected my journey 
and my ability to share as much as I do and even do things like this podcast. Like I probably wouldn't be doing this <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> so it's so cool to, to have watched and been alongside your journey and benefited from your wisdom and knowledge. And now, yeah, just getting to spend time with you, working with you, like for those, I also work with Produce Like a Boss and have been a uh, eager student and a, and a coach through that <laughs> space now too. So it, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to give that background of, of that side of things, but for you to share a little bit too about where, where songwriting roots kind of have grown for you and to the point now of like where where we've come to recently so yeah if you want to give a little chris bradley history <laughs> back in the day back in the day so i feel like i have like such a bass awkward story from so many musicians and songwriters because like i actually while i've been playing music since i was a kid which i think a lot of us relate to i i didn't start writing songs until i was in my like mid to late 20s and that's because I just, while I grew up in a musical household, it was more of a focus of the discipline of like learning the greats, whether it was Mozart or Bach or Glenn Miller, which is the first song I ever learned how to play on the piano was in the mood, you know, right? But it was always like, watch this, watch the sheet music, don't improvise, you know, we don't write songs in this house, we learn the greats. And that was kind of like what I, what I grew up in my, uh, grew up with. So when it came time to actually like I started meeting other people and it was like, oh, do you write music? It was kind of like, no, <laughs> I did covers for a really long time. And um, like you mentioned, I joined this all girl tribute to Led Zeppelin, which was like the dream for me. That was my favorite band of all time. And, you know, being able to not just perform the hits, but the B sides and to get paid for it and to be on the road and to be with this band that already had a following and touring. It was like, I, I really felt for a moment there at 25, like I have made it, you know, as we were touring across the U.S. And um, after we finished our four-month tour, I came back home to L.A. and the band was located in New York. And they said, do you want to join the band full time? And if you do, you'd have to move to New York. And I, I, I went, ooh, okay. And that's kind of when I realized I wasn't living the full dream because there was something that didn't feel aligned for me when I thought about moving to New York and doing that for the rest of my life. And I was like, what is that feeling that's making me go, no, this isn't it. And I was like, oh, if I do this, it's going to be so much of my energy. I'll never actually write songs. And I think I knew deep down that eventually I wanted to write songs. I just needed to muster up the courage and the bravery to do so. So I think a first step in that was turning down what seemingly was you know, my biggest dream come true at that point <laughs> should have been to be in a successful touring band playing my favorite music, you know, and all that jazz. So um, I said no. And I started, you know, at this time was kind of, it was my mid 20s was really when I started my spiritual journey and started kind of asking for guidance more, whether you want to call it the universe or God or spirit guides. It was just kind of like spirit, <laughs> universe. And I remember saying like, how do I write good songs? Because I don't know how it like it wasn't something I was taught to do or um, encouraged to do. And when I sat down to do it, it didn't feel good or natural. It felt very anxiety ridden, you know. And then books started falling off the shelves, as they say, when you ask, you know, and um, I started learning the craft. Right. So, I, you know, books like writing better lyrics fell off the shelf and and the artist way by Julia Cameron. And then you couple that with the other books, because I was also asking, how do I make a living as a musician? So then these other books around, you know, mindset, like, you know, think and grow rich and 
and stuff like that started falling off the shelf. So it's like I kind of developed this um, this goal. I was like, I know what I want to do. I want to write great songs, you know, using the craft, mind you. Not like what's my story, but like how do I write songs and how do I make money and become a pro musician kind of became the goal. And that's what I sat out to do in my mid-20s. And um, I started joining organizations like NSAI and Taxi and all these other, you know, where can I meet other songwriters that are pursuing professional goals? And um, after a few years of chiseling away at the craft, um, my mentors started asking me to collaborate, which I thought was really cool. Um, and it kind of got to a point where I was like, oh, yeah, okay, the songs are getting better. Now they're pitching my songs. Oh, crap. Now now my songs are getting picked up. You know, so things were, were starting to move and and shake. And then I um, I realized I wouldn't be able to afford to continue getting my demos produced, which is what led me to learn how to produce myself was to to save money. And... I know this is more in context to songwriting, so I'm not going to go completely down the path of like the the end of that story because, you know, the end of the story is I learned how to produce. I became a professional producer. We'll kind of fast forward to the end. And um, and I made my living and I built a career doing songs for hire and doing songs for projects, like whether it's pitching it to a brief or pitching it to an artist that's looking for a song um, or, you know, somebody's hiring me to, to do a custom song or something. And um, in one way... <clears throat> I achieved I achieved that goal because I wanted to become a professional songwriter. Um, and you know, when you write songs, like I, I don't think you can help but put your heart into it because we're humans and our hearts go into everything that we do. So there was definitely like heart in the songs I was writing, but I wasn't writing from the heart in that I wasn't ever going, "What's my story? How how am I trying to express myself through my own music?" It was always like, "What's the job? What's the gig? How do I kind of use this to survive?" You know. And so where I've been at recently is I've been going through another spiritual process of growth and transformation. And there's been um, a lot of ebbs and flows with that. And so once again, I turned to spirit and I said, how can I use songwriting through this? And wouldn't it be cool to not use that tool of music production or songwriting or any of these other tools I've gained over the years to just, you know, to try and with an agenda to try and get a placement or get paid, but rather to just express like, what does that look like to just express as an artist? Because I realized that I've never really had the, um, never really taken that path, you know? And so songs have been coming through lately in a way that they haven't before. And part of that has led to us, you know, working together. Um, and I'm going to stop talking there because I feel like I'm going on and on but that's kind of where the story of where it originated as a songwriter and where it's at now which is you know, going going from pursuing being a pro to pursuing being uh, an artist which is the bass backwards part of it <laughs> <laughs> bass or bass or welcome on this podcast the, the bass backwards <laughs> especially in producing a boss most of the artists that that, that that we work with you know and that i'm helping have started as an artist and are now pursuing professional endeavors where they have to learn how to craft custom pieces um where i kind of started there you know and now i'm kind of learning how to tell the truth over chords and <laughs> <laughs> tell those truths well yeah it is different because when you're doing work for others it's usually someone else's story that you're trying to bring to life and yes your fingerprint is in that for sure but it's not necessarily yours at the end of the day to kind of guide that vision but every once in a while that that does come up where someone's like just give us i love how you put this too like just throw some of that chris bradley stank on that <laughs> yeah right 
you know, like which is stylistic, but it's also in the way that you use your words, you know, like the way that you share ideas. Like there's there's been a couple of times I know that in terms of custom situations where someone either kind of knows me enough or has met me in a different light and is just like, do what you would do. You know, like they give you that that free reign, which is really special and that feels really great, but it's kind of rare. It's kind of rare in that world to kind of have that kind of free reign. You're not necessarily pouring your heart in the same way that you you might to just say it, you know? And so I'm I'm kind of curious, like, because there's an interesting transition transformation, I think, well, it sounds like going going on for you where previously, having been where you were doing, I'm kind of curious what, how would you have defined an artist before? Mm. So I think that an artist is expressing because they have something to say and they want the world to know about it. Like, you know, they're, they're not really, um, I love the way that Rick Rubin put it in his book, although and, and he said, you know, an artist, you know, starts something with a little bit of mystery and curiosity, not sure how it's going to end up, where the craftsman begins a project knowing exactly where they're going to end up. And while I love that as a launching point, I kind of like to innovate on that now, too, because I feel like it, it doesn't have to be either or. I think it can be both and. At least I'd like my artistry to be that way, where I can explore the mystery of going, I'm going to go this way and not really know, but also pull back and get a big picture and go, but I also am going to set some goals and, you know, put some you know, uh, foundation into place to help this actually get somewhere, if you will, you know, to give reach a finish line, for example. So I don't know, I, I, I guess the way that I would define an artist in this con in the context of the story that I told was an artist is like, this is what I have to say. This is what it's on my heart. And this is what I want to express as to where for me as a craftsman, it's like, well, what's the job call for? You know, whenever people go, well, what kind of genre, uh, genre do you do? I'm like, well, what's the job, you know? Um, what do you so, need? <laughs> right. What do you need? Right. So yeah, I think the artist has more of a unique thumbprint voice. Um, they're something is coming through them, seeking to come out, and they are expressing that. Mm. Um, as to where, and you know, that's the thing is, I don't think that just because you're a craftsman that it's this dry robotic. I do what people tell me to do either. Mm. Um, like we were just saying, you know, it's like when a client hires me, they are hiring me to put my my ness, my uniqueness on it, my put some stank on it, Chris Bradley. <laughs> but, you know, another thing I kind of discovered throughout that process is like when I'm doing an artist project for myself, I'm channeling my higher self. This is my expression of what's seeking to emerge through me. When I'm doing a project for somebody else, I'm often channeling their higher self, but there's still a very creative, connected, intuitive um, artistic process happening there in order for that to happen. One's just serving someone else and the other is serving yourself, okay. which in turn serves the world, you know, essentially, because when you express yourself, that is um, serving others, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and something you said, uh, I want to say it was a couple of months ago when we were just having a meeting at one time, like you, you talked about like the difference of express to express versus impress. And yeah, I love that, you know, like, and that's so relevant, you know, that like such a interesting difference of where that intention or that goal goes, because if you really do strip everything away and you just, yeah. if there was no kind of outcome driven kind of thing, it's just like, if you just said what you need to say right now, like, what would that be? Yeah. Right. And, and that was another thing that I sensed. It was like, um, even when I was in Nashville for five years, 
when we would write, it was often like um, it, it, at some points it became a battle of the craftsmen in a way. Like you'd go to these writers rounds and it was like kind of like, you know, who's got that line that's going to make people go, oh, yeah. And it's like we're kind of admiring each other's craft rather than going like, well, what is like the, the way that I want to say this most authentically that even might connect with a larger audience because not the, the world isn't songwriters either, you know? So there was like a little bit of like I slipped into anyways, a little bit of ego, a little bit of like over cleverness at times where I was trying to impress um, rather than just express. And, you know, I think that's natural too when you're in an industry where, you know, people are competing essentially to, you know, get into certain rooms and certain stages. But what I love about what I'm doing now is I don't feel I've just it's so nice. It's like we all have this like inner child, right? That's seeking seeking to just be playful and express. And I didn't even realize for how long I was just kind of backing her into a corner and being like, you better, you know, pay the bills. <laughs> um, it, but it rather it's like now it's kind of like, well, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And it's like, oh, there's no it's it's lighter, which is nice. You know? Well, so I'm. It's been amazing to to watch you delve into that and just share that. So I'm kind of curious of what does what does that feel like to have that more like open open door walking with that inner child, you know? And and <laughs> say like, what's that like for you to to experience? Healing. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the first word that comes to mind because. Some of the first, I mean, the first, some of the first songs that came through since I've kind of decided that I even wanted to start writing for myself um, were coming from a place of feeling pain and feeling um, sadness. And um, I remember just kind of opening up to Source and just saying, like, please help me right now. And then, um, a song just kind of be like coming through me as I was going through that dark place and as I was crying and it was like, wait, what's happening right now? Like, why am I hearing us? Like, what song is that? Wait, that is that my song? Oh, I better catch that song. And then all of a sudden, you know, I go from being in this really lost and dark place to, um, to writing. And then by the end of it, it was like, I felt this transmutation, you know, I felt healed and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what artists were talking about. <laughs> like, this is the magic of like using music to to heal and express rather than to impress or to acquire, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that would be like the, the biggest benefit so far is just the feeling of like healing. Mm. Mm. So the, it's, it's, <sighs> especially when you've written songs that really feel like they do that. And I know you've got a chunk of them lately that speak to different, to different realms or diff different aspects that maybe, you know, we're waiting for that opportunity to have some time paid to them, you know, and, and just given some space in terms of the songs being voiced. And, uh, but I know that, you know, there's the writing of it and going through that process for ourselves. There's also, the sharing of it and I, and you've i know recently like you shared one of them online and i, mm -hmm. I was kind of curious what that was like for you to cut to the point of like how did how did that feel to share that kind of a song um are we talking about the one that i shared on diary of a musical mystic so that's the one i was talking about where yeah i was going through like a 
a dark time one day. It was actually just, I was having a lot of anxiety and it was like making me sad. And then I, you know, kind of broke down in, in, in the trees and, and this song came through and, um, I thought the whole process leading up to it and how it happened was really surreal as well. And so there was like this part of me that like was like, I wanted to share the song, but I also wanted to share the story behind the song, which is why I started a Substack to begin with is like, there's so much more than music coming through me right now. It's more kind of like a body of work, I think, you know, that includes some writing and maybe some just talking and, you know, and, and, and music. So um, to answer your question, like it felt good because it just felt good to tell the truth, but, you know, and just be like, this is what's happening. This is what, you know, what I'm expressing. Um, but it also feels good to put it together in the context of a bigger picture as a as a piece to a larger whole. Yeah, um, which is why I'm that's why I'm sharing it in the way that I'm sharing it. I didn't wait to go to the studio and produce it and then post it professionally, you know, and do like a nice like it's very raw right now. And I'm kind of doing that by design so that I'm not waiting. You know, that's also my way of getting over perfectionism as well is just being like, you know what, like this is going to feel the best like as it's coming out. So I want to share as it's coming out as well too, instead of like waiting for it to be perfect, you know? Have you noticed any difference in the way that's been received from others? Just showing up in that kind of energy or just like putting, sharing that story and sharing that kind of a song? Yeah. You know, I think people appreciate, um, truth and vulnerability you know um especially when i've played it for a handful of the songs that i've written recently when i share them in person whether it's like a gig or somebody's you know we're hanging out in some kind of circle where we're sharing music um i've gotten really amazing feedback about how somebody's feeling the same way or they feel like it's they they appreciate the vulnerability um of the the truth being spoken um yeah it's interesting hmm. it's interesting because there's even industry people that like i've you know typically in the past had a relationship with where we were pursuing the same type of industry goals and everything was about writing hits and writing for film and tv and then we'll get together and catch up and it's like man what are you doing these days and it's like man i'm just trying to make art you know and we'll, we'll like share stuff we're working on and it's like it's so raw it, it's so authentic and it's so not the things we worked on in the past and we're like doesn't your heart just feel so much better we're like yeah and it's you know it's like ah oh, it's it's healing it's like the only word that comes to mind to summarize it well i was i was curious too because of just having your time in nashville like you must have like i don't know if you ever kept track of that but how many writing sessions were you would you think that you might have been a part of in your time living there I am really bad with uh, that, but let me see. I was there for five days. I mean, easily hundreds. Yeah. If I, you know, definitely have probably written over a thousand songs. Like if you kind of take the total of, but I, I didn't keep track. I know some people count. I didn't. Oh, um, I just but, assumed it would be a large number because you're just kind of in the rhythm of. Yeah. I mean, there were hour blocks, right? You go and you write, you get. Yeah. There were days where I'd write two to three songs a day. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there's, it's too hard to tell, but I'm sure it's hundreds at this point. So in that time, I'm kind of curious of like when, when you're in those sessions, and I know Nashville is a fairly like a big magnet for, for people who are wanting to 
make a, a career and have that other kind of goal or like the song it could be for this person or I could be pitched to that person. But I'm kind of curious if did you ever see glimmers of this coming through in other people, you know, or even for yourself, like over like that, that kind of heart side of, of the songs wanted to come through or like. I'm just curious what that would have looked like if there felt like there was room for that in those rooms, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It it, de it depends on the writer, you know, and it depends on uh, on who the artist. That it, there's so many like different var uh, variables that that determine like what kind of writing sessions it's going to be. I'm speaking from my unique, you know, my personal experience, which is that like I was going with a, a major agenda to like get cuts and stuff and. Um, you know, sometimes you'd get somebody in the room that was all heart, you know, and it was beautiful because like I was a lot ahead. In fact, one of my fate, some of my favorite writing partners were mostly heart and very right brained. And then I would come in with the left brain and sometimes the way it would come together would be so magical because theirs was kind of like a flood of all this oh, expression that was just coming through. And then I'd come through like the, uh, the architect, <laughs> you know, or the engineer and kind of put it together in a way that made sense. And that was beautiful too. So I was happy for the contribution I could make, even though I was mostly in my left brain, um, while doing it, you know? <clears throat> wow. I remember, well, when we wrote something blue, like that was a, that was a session where we got together and we were like, well, let's, we're writing to pitch. And we, it was me and another girl, Katrina, and we were sitting in a publisher's house. It's like, oh, let's write about this. Let's write about that. And sometimes you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and it just keeps coming back and forth. And then something got thrown out in the air and it reminded me of, you know, my first love essentially. And then a conversation developed into the idea for something blue. And that was my story for sure. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, well, I'm I'm curious. So it was interesting to hear like, you know, you've you've worked with a lot of different people and particularly if, if there are people that are like so heart focused, but sometimes have a hard time making sense of where to go with that, you know, like where to how to how to what sticks out the most like, what would you share in terms of what you saw or like maybe your process that like really helps people in that state really focus the, the best of the best stuff to come to the top, or I guess to the truest, how do you help people feel comfortable enough to like really lock in or like decide, make decisions on what they're going to include? Well, if I was writing with them, <clears throat> I, I kind of become the editor, right? And I do it with kindness and compassion. And, Ooh, I love that. What if we said that like this so that it fit in this way? You know, um, if I was teaching, if this was like produce like a boss community, for example, the way I'd teach somebody to do this on their own is I would say, never edit as you're writing, edit after. And this allows both the heart and the head to play. Cause I don't think it's about either or I think it's both. And, mm -hmm. and I think where I was trying to find balance wasn't, I, I kept saying, I need to go from my head to my heart. It was like, well, no, I need to <laughs> go from my head to my head and my heart. Right. Cause we don't want to just like throw away the head. Right. Just like we don't want to throw away the heart. So it's like, how can these two play together, which we can also call the masculine and the feminine energy, right? The logical and the intuitive. How do these things work together? And it's like, for me, I just, whatever comes out, like, just let it come out. Let it be unedited. Let it be messy as all hell. And then come in with the brain and go, okay, how do I make sense of this all? And then it becomes like you're putting together pieces of a puzzle. But if you try to self-edit as it's coming out, you're actually kind of closing off the channel, right? And you're not allowing yourself to be a conduit to receive. Mm -hmm. And then there's like, I think there's beautiful, like there's so many different ways that a song can come through. Sometimes it comes through as like, oh, I just need to journal out this. It's not even rhyming. It's not making sense. That's perfect. Let it all come out, right? 
Um, Julia Cameron talks about doing morning pages, you know, just stream of consciousness, let it all come out. Maybe you have a song idea that it's not coming out in any kind of um, structure. Cool. Write it all out. What's it about? Be messy. Then make sense of it later, right? That's one way. Well, sometimes songs come as complete downloads <laughs> where they come through kind of done almost, you know? That's how these songs have been coming through for me lately, where they come through as a, a lyric and melody together. And I hear the song as though it's already done, mm -hmm. which is um, actually common for me as a producer. Like that's not really new. Typically when I hear a work tape of something, I immediately hear it finished. And then all I have to do is reverse engineer from the vision or the, you know, that that I see or hear. Um, but yeah, to have songs coming through like that is really cool as well. Is it a different level of permission in a way or does it feel the same? It feels different because it feels like I don't have to work for it as hard when it comes through like a download. It's more like I'm just a channel and it's like, oh, okay, like I hear this as already done and now it's just my job to uh, to record it, right? To write it down, to capture it. It's like, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm like a butterfly chaser and I've got like a net and it's like, there's an idea and it's like, I hear you, I see you, ah, you know, I'm like trying to get it. Um, and that's fun. Um, but, you know, I think the, where a lot of artists where we get tripped up is we that's called that's called lightning in a bottle right it's like yes capture it when it comes through like that but inspiration doesn't always strike like that and sometimes the muse needs to be coerced and collaborated with a little bit where sometimes you got to show up first and, and work for it um which you know hasn't really been the case for the last handful of songs that i've written because they're just they're literally hitting me as completely done um when they come through that it's almost like I'm just trying to catch up to like record the thing that's coming out. And, you know, I always look up at spirit and I go, really right now while I'm in the car, <laughs> I don't even have the other. He's like, yeah, pull out the, pull out the voice recorder. And I'm like, okay. So a lot of these songs, I won't even have an instrument. I'll just have to sing the melody into my phone. Well, late, are you noticing lately that because it seems like more of the, the downloaded experience is happening more frequently, is there anything contributing to that? Is there anything that makes it more likely potentially or like anything that you're like putting yourself in experience wise or you just having bowls of cereal and it's like, oh, there they are. <laughs> or is there, yeah, any anything that you're noticing that tends to increase the likelihood that that's happening? Intention and prayer mm -hmm. has been a big part of it. It's been literally looking up to source and going like, please help me right now, <laughs> you know, um, even being as specific as, you know, how can I, how can I express this in a song? There's even one that I wrote, um, called ready to come home where I sat in meditation one day and I closed my eyes and I just said to my soul, what do you want to say? And it was like, before I could even finish the sentence, I heard this, this melody of the, and it was like, oh, and, and it was just like, I don't want to wear a mask anymore i don't want to hide no more right and it, was, and it came through in melody and lyric and i was like you, that's what you're saying okay you're saying you want to be your authentic self gotcha and then the song just kind of came after that but it was literally a response to a question i said to my soul what do you want to say and it told me <laughs> it's like funny how that works it sounds it sounds simple <laughs> and it it kind of is in a way you know it's funny but but it there's a certain level of like deep 
deep surrender to that. You know, if you just really sit with yourself and your soul and just be like, what is it exactly that I need to hear right now? You know, like, what do you, or like you're saying, what do you need to hear it? Uh, and just sit and listen, you know, I know you're yeah. spending a lot of time more so in nature and like the impact of trees has been a big deal, you know, like, so subtle things about finding the right space to be, to just even ask that yeah. question too. It sounds like it's been a big yeah. impact for you. Yes. Um, and while trees and nature have been a big part of that, the space is inside right? It's the internal space. It is the act of making the space, you know? I think another thing that has really helped to become ready to receive more is to just not be in such heavy action all the time, whether it be doing or thinking or just trying to move and like, you know, um, get through life with kind of like, I got to get there. I got to do this. You know, there's this urgency that um, I've had for a long time. You know, it's kind of like a a hustler mentality. It, and I, you know, I don't want to lose all of that. I like that I'm ambitious. I like that I'm driven. It's just, you know, removing any of the parts of that that um, aren't healthy, right? One thing to say, you know, yeah, let's get shit done. Let's get into action. And it's another thing to not take rest when you need it, <laughs> you know, and to not just, and to just be okay with going, you know, I just, I need to just be right now. And so I've been doing a little bit more of that lately where I'm like, I just need to be. So I'll go and sit under a tree or, you know, I sit in meditation for about an hour every day, every morning in silence. Mm -hmm. And that's really helpful too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's unique too. When you look at a song, it's super cool. Depends on the song, but most of the time there's some place in probably almost all songs where they tend to benefit from space <laughs> themselves, you know, like yeah. breathing room within them to kind of really allow something to hit, whether it's a lyric, like something important you're saying, maybe it's just a really powerful melody or there's something about space. Just when we give ourselves a little bit of time and I'm just doing this on purpose, if I give a long dramatic pause, <laughs> it makes you lean in a little bit. <laughs> you can't help it. You're like, um, but you know, like if you, it creates this experience of of communicating, you know, importance, you know, opportunities for for something special to be witnessed, heard, absorbed, whatnot. Or if it's a statement, like you're gonna say, like mismatched socks is the way to be, you know, like <laughs> and leave a lot of space for that just to sit because it can be a bit, you know, that can be a lot to handle for a moment. <laughs> but you know like i think it, there's there's really cool in all seriousness like uh par cool parallels that what what serves song really serves us you know and vice versa like there's neat p relationships to see what in songs that really thrive and really seem to create opportunities for us to feel and express and to allow ourselves that same room you know i love the way that you said that and it it can be challenging to come out of that if you're habitually doing the opposite. Uh, and I guess I'm kind of curious too, of like, it's, it's not necessarily you just switch over to that mode. Is there, is there anything that you found that's kind of like helped you get more into that mode? Like to, to be able to recognize, okay, I, I'm going to slow down in increments or was it just like, you just jumped in to be like, I have to do this now. Ah, meditate. Ah. <laughs> like, or is there more of an, a slow on ramp? 
I wish I could say that it was my wisdom that brought me here. Um, but if I'm being real, some of my biggest lessons come through getting hit over the head with a two by four by the universe. And I think that it was um, <clears throat> a little bit of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's I was going too fast. I wasn't slowing down. I wasn't giving myself space. And it started, it started to cause me distress. It started to cause anxiety. It started to cause dis, dis-ease, right? I just wasn't feeling good anymore. Um, I think in a way I got a little burned out as well. Um, and so I kind of got forced into that choice because it was like, it also, it's interesting. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm really fascinated by how little control um, I actually have over certain things. Like for example, like this whole thing with trees, I didn't sit down one day, Michael, and go, you know, I really think I'm going to get into trees now. And I think I'm going to go sit under a tree. If you would have told me that a year ago, I'd have said, you're freaking crazy, you know? Um, and everyone always jokes, so Chris Bradley's an indoor cat because I'm not really, I've never really been outdoorsy, right? But something just changed. What what did that? I didn't do that. I didn't pick that. But all of a sudden, it's like all I can say is spirit or source or God, whatever you want to call it, just came in and it was like, you need to chillax. <laughs> like, and it was, it, it was like, you need to slow down. And it was like, I'd be working and I'd be kind of um, pushing boulder up a mountain at times where I'm like, you know, and it'd be like, go sit under a tree. And I'd be like, I don't want to go sit under it. And it would just be like, go. And then I get to the tree and I'd be like, oh, everything would just melt. Like everything. And all of a sudden I started to crave trees. And now I kid you not. I go, I have a tree. I've adopted her. Her name is Laurel because she's at the top of Laurel Canyon. And I go to my tree like every day and I bring cacao and I sit under this tree. And it's like, I go whether I'm having a good day or so, so it doesn't matter. But if I'm not having a great day, I will feel... I could be transformed by the time I leave, but there's just something about it that it just calls me to be there. So when you say like, well, what was the thing that like, it was it a decision? And it was like, well, it was kind of the universe just said, this is what you need. And if I'm following the, my one thing I am really, I think consistent or good at is following my bliss, following what like my heart goes, Oh, that makes me happy. Or that's what I need. It's like, Okay, you know, Abraham Hicks talks about this. It's like, you know, you're getting you're getting warmer, you're getting colder. And it's like, what's the thing that's making you go, uh-huh, uh-huh? For whatever reason, it went from this hustle thing to space, peace, receive, allow, trees, cacao. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool because I've been doing this for a few months where I feel I've like I've been a little bit slower, you know, and also kind of taking a break from social media and just been a little bit more laid back. And I I'm starting to feel this desire again to be more in action and taking more action and doing, you know, putting some more projects together and, you know, um, coming back so that I'm not necessarily trying to sit under a tree for the rest of my life. Cause that, you know, <laughs> things could fall apart. Things need to get done. Right. But I could still pencil in the tree every day for a period of time. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm curious with, with the collection of songs. So you, in the last few months, you've, come up with about six or seven songs that mm -hmm. really kind of speak to like, would you say like all of them kind of have the thread of having some part of a healing experience? Yeah. Um, I would say that the way the songs are coming through, it's like they're, they're all kind of documenting this transformative process that I've been going through, which has felt very much like um, 
being in a cocoon kind of, you know, and part of that is there's some darkness in there too, where it's like, oh, there's a lot of mystery and like, you know, butterfly or caterpillar doesn't really know what's about to happen. So of course there's going to be, it, it starts at a, at a different uh, frequency level, but it it's raising um, as well. So um, this is a little nerdy, but I'm going to get into it for a second. Um, there's nerd out, nerd out with it. Um, there's something called the emotional guidance scale that David Hawkins coined in his book, Power Versus Force. But Abraham Hicks talks about it as well. They might call it something different, the vibrational scale or whatever. But it basically um, calibrates, you know, what emotion um, and what vibrate, what, vib what you're vibrating at, depending on what um, emotion you're experiencing. So anything from fear to grief, all the way up to love and, and bliss and so on and so forth. And what I've noticed is um, that the songs are kind of coming through in a raising up the emotional guidance scale, if you will, sort of way where the song I was writing when I was crying, for example, kind of started in a fear place, but it ended in a courage place, right? And some of the other songs, you know, they start, you know, in a hope place, but then they go up to a love, for example. So it's really cool um, how it's kind of unfolding because I'm thinking of them going up almost like a thermometer, like raising <laughs> Like the temperature going up on a thermometer. I'm like, this is so cool. Am I making a concept album? What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that that's neat to to arrive at too. Again, coming from your your former perspective and and beliefs about songwriting and whatnot, to like have come to a space where you're considering that. You know, like there's you're seeing a connection in a special way. You know, that's very meaningful to you through this body of songs. You know, that have come come through from a different approach and i think that's just so it's so neat to see like it it's really strong it's really powerful to to watch and listen to uh but also to hear like your your philosophy in it you know like using that idea of a scale like being cognizant or just aware of the different layers of emotions and and the the journey that that can create and like looking at how to well i just just, just ex being willing to explore them and seeing what they all have to say in a way, you know, I think that's super important. In the last episode I did hear had to do with this idea of, you know, there's so there's so much talk about the inner critic and mm -hmm. and the self-censor and like all of these things and like strategies of what do you do with that? You know, like how do you how do you work with that voice? I've some people say you you put it in the trunk while you're driving. <laughs> you you let it out for air when it needs it. But um but you know there's a there's this other idea of what sounds like I'm I'm hearing you say of, of you know like actually giving that voice too, you know, like those like what may be considered lower vibration, lower level kind of whatnots. It's still giving a listen and maybe giving that space for that to be heard. And because otherwise it doesn't really go away. Like a counselor that I've seen, she says sometimes stuff like that. It's like trying to push a beach ball underwater. <laughs> you yeah. know, you can have it there for a bit, but it's very precarious and it loves to pop out real quick if you try to force it down. But actually giving it that bit of light there can can open it up to maybe these other levels and where it can actually just be a part of you the whole thing. You nailed it. And I think that's a really big part of where I'm at, just like spiritually emotionally personally what i've been going through is integration of just allowing like allowing accepting all parts of myself and not villainizing or suppressing 
parts of myself, right? So it's kind of like fear, for example. It's like when you try to get rid of fear, have you ever tried to get rid of fear? It's like, and so people say like, you know, um, you know, kill your fear. And it's like, well, no. And then there's the saying, of course, feel the fear and do it anyways. But it's like, okay, well, what about just like acknowledging the fear and going like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to allow this to be here. I'm going to do it anyways. But I'm also going to be like, hey, I see you. It's cool. What do you think the worst that's going to happen is? And just leaning into it rather than running away from it. You know, actually one of the songs <laughs> that came through when I was driving. In fact, when I put this on Diary of a Musical Mystic, it's going to be funny because the work tape I'm going to share is me in the car going, you know, and trying to like get musical parts while getting the melody down at the same time. But the song is called Relax. And it was literally like, my response to that fearful, inner critic, overbearing mother voice that lives in my head that's always like, you're going to mess that up or don't do this or, you know, just giving me a reason to be afraid of something. And it's like when I ask spirit, like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do about this? It's kind of driving me crazy. The message that I got immediately was like, you can relax. You don't have to try so hard, you know, and it's like, oh, and then the song came through, you know, but I, I would say that that song is dedicated to um, that voice, you know, mm -hmm. and some people might call it the ego. I, I go back and forth with how I feel about using that word because of how many different things it can mean or be perceived as, but, you know, regardless, it's not the real me, right? The real me is like infinite and it's source and it's love. And so it's, it's the other, it's, it's the monkey mind too, you know, it's like, dip -a -dip -a -dip -a -dip. it's like, Hey, you glass of water, crust of bread, get back in the trunk and relax. <laughs> crust of bread <laughs> not the whole piece <laughs> you're like you know give it some air when it needs it so funny. well that's yeah i'm glad you said that uh, the word integration feels so good it feels like that just sums it up in such a great way and and yeah like giving it giving it voice but i, I like that you said too it's just like asking asking the question this is the other song like a songwriting challenge i give out sometimes i refer to it as the yin yang challenge because like there's a relationship that's kind of neat within that where if you give it the opportunity to have the voice just say like say what you need to say get it out don't hold back get it out that's that's kind of like the yang side you know it's like blah, there it is it's it's write it all out and actually i was just talking about last week too them i don't know if you've seen this yet the sydney opera house in australia they just had their 50th anniversary of, of being like a an arts culture facility hub and they brought on an amazing songwriter actor comedian by the name of uh, tim minchin to like do a commissioned song and he the whole thing is based in this idea it's like giving the voice of like the extremely conservative you know play it safe critic kind of mind and it's yeah. it's juxtaposed <clears throat> with all these incredible visuals of like how amazing that space is and like all the like revolutionary stuff that has been very risky that has gone on there and like very progressive and just like really pushing the boundary so it's it's such a powerful thing if you haven't seen it i'm definitely going to send it to you it's uh so yeah, special it's this idea of like giving that voice because it is powerful and it's it's worth hearing on the other side of it, I like the approach that you took, and this is something that I've recommended as well, is like once that is there, once you know that voice, it has said what it needs to say. It's like you said, it's like, well, how can I be a friend to that voice? Like if, if I'm 
sitting across a coffee table here and we're having a, you know, a tea <laughs> and, and this voice is coming out. It's like, how will I, how would I console that person? How would I encourage that person? How would I be there for that person? And that relaxed message feels like that, you know, like that experience for you, which is such a cool way. So it's like, in essence, that voice popping up can actually give birth to two songs, you know, or like just two different or more, who knows, but like just approaching it there, not trying to hide it or beat it down, but actually like letting it speak and then dialoguing with it is. Yeah. Well, it, making peace with it, you know, you say like you're allowed in the car because you are a part of me. You are, you know, but you are not allowed to drive. <laughs> and, and that's it. You know, it's like, how can, how can I, how can I love and accept this? Love doesn't mean I have to like it either. Right. It's just like, oh, you're here. What do you have to say? Okay. Are you done now? Can I get back to work? <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think there's something, you're right. Letting it drive completely <laughs> is, is a funny situation. It's like they aim for the potholes. <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened last time I let you behind the reel. I literally last night I was at a, at a jam night, a local open mic night here. And one of my uh, new pals that I've met there does work for um, developing designs for trucks, like semi trucks and like electric trucks. And and it was really interesting. I never knew about this, but they anytime like a car or a truck is going to be tested for the sake of like being put into production, they take it to a space in Oregon. Like there's like this driving track that's uh, and they this is kind of a test that they have to pass if it's going to make it through but they have to drive like 8,000 miles on a road that's specifically designed to just be nasty like oh like driving 8,000 miles on this road statistically shows that it's equal to about a million miles of driving oh geez like it's that rough and bumpy and crazy so if it survives that <laughs> then it's ready for like production <laughs> And it goes wow. through it. So that was mind blowing to me. I was like, oh my gosh. But it makes me think of like, that's the road that <laughs> that voice may take you down if left too long. If right? you, even in small doses, it will show you that you can withstand millions of miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that metaphor so much. I'm going to remind myself of that because sometimes it tries to hop into the driver's seat and I'm like, maybe i if i don't if i don't catch it quickly i'm gonna remember that metaphor and be like oh no because you can feel when i think when the road starts to feel this is such a good metaphor sorry this is like kind of giving me a million like fireworks and brain because like when life starts to feel like that and it starts to feel like you're rabbit holing and going down into that spiral it's like oh i i let the drunk teenager drive <laughs> like get it out of the driver's seat no wonder the axle's bent <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, I love. Well, yeah, it's it's just been well. Like I said I, I incredibly value our friendship and relationship and everything that we've been through, and you've helped me through over the last number of years, and it's just been so cool to to watch you explore all of this. And and I'm stoked if you could say you've mentioned it a few times, but I'd love if if you're wanting to invite people to to share where they can find your your adventures of a musical mystic and and if you want to, if you're <laughs> wanting to hear more of that adventure and uh honesty and rawness like where where they can go to find that 
Sure. Well, before I do that, firstly, I want to, I just want to say thank you for having me back on the show. And I want to say thank you for having me in Write Songs You Love, which is something that we haven't really even mentioned so far, but um, it's been really such a pleasure to work with you. And just for everyone listening, like, you know, there was a period of time there where I wasn't making music as much as I was working on the business. And months ago, even before this adventure began with the writing songs for myself, Michael was like, hey, you want to grab that guitar and maybe play it? And he started really try- pulling pulling me back into music, period, because I was really, um, I had just kind of lost my connection with it. And so I, I really want to say thank you, because that was a big catalyst of like just pulling me back and pulling me back. And then when I mentioned that I was writing um wanting to write songs even and just working with you and and having that weekly meeting of going, you know what? It's, it's like there was this accountability there too, you know, of going like, I get to share this with somebody, but also like it got me, it helped to get me back into a swing of things of feeling like, you know, consistent with it. And just thank you. And thank you for making the space and letting me bring my songs in and share them and talking through them with me and all of that. And then giving me this platform to share my story on. So. I appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. It's it's an honor to be in this space with you and like with everybody to regularly want to show up for that, you know, like especially when it's hard. That's like where the best stuff lives. And you've been a great example of of just dancing with that. You're not trying to kill it, you know, like it's it's an invitation to <laughs> share the space and yeah, thank you so much for just sharing everything that you did today because I think it frames all of this in such a beautiful way and an honest way that will be helpful to lots. And I it's it's helpful to me to hear and it sounds like it's been a really special journey for you too. So thanks for your effort and showing up to do this kind of stuff because it's hard. Yeah, man, I got to say hats off to all the artists out there. <laughs> this is a, it's a really beautiful uh journey and i don't even feel like i i feel like i'm such a noob to the space of like i said craftsman all the way yeah did that for years but coming stepping into this place of just being um vulnerability is uh is a very beautiful thing and something that i would have been too afraid or or maybe even called uh, maybe even viewed as weakness in myself before as to where i do not feel that way at all now now i'm just like Give me a guitar and the truth and let's go. You know, it's it feels amazing. So yeah, I'm happy to be here um playing in the artist world and and yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. So uh to answer your question, I, you know, because I haven't put anything, released anything yet, it's I won't be pointing anyone to a Spotify or a website or anything, but I am sharing the process um behind the songs, um, as well as some other musings and just kind of, you know, uh journey steps in in, in my because I, I don't just consider myself a musical artist but you know i think being an entrepreneur is an artistic endeavor in itself so i'm sharing all about that including the music um on substack and that's called a diary of a musical mystic and so i'm sharing the rough work tapes <laughs> i'm sharing video performances of them and then um i don't know i'm in the early stages of it so we'll probably be sharing about like, you know, when and if I'm going into the studio or doing them here or whatever, uh, you know, as they become more fleshed out and um, ready to release if I decide to release them. We'll see. <laughs> Super cool. Well, if it, if it feels like, well, I'll definitely include that link in the show notes for this one. 
But if you feel uh, ever like dropping those stories or any of that in the Write Songs You Love Facebook community, you're more than welcome to. I think that I love it when people use that space to share share those stories. I actually kind of have a rule that if you're th anyone sharing music there, they're not allowed to just put it something in and say, please like and share. <laughs> That's a good they, rule. <laughs> they have to include a story. Like I want music to be there, but it's good to have the practice to exercise that because where else do you do it? You know, it's hard to practice that. So it's nice to see yeah. how it lands. So yeah, happy to share that in there. Or if you want to drop it in, I'm sure people would love to hear it. And it's inspiring, to, I think, to help others feel that they can do the same. I think when you share what you're going through and you're expressing it, it motivates others to to jump on that and find their own path. And sharing is such a big part of it. So it, uh, at least in this space, like a, it's a very safe space. It's a encouraging space and look forward to I've been loving what you've been posting so far. So I think the rest of the group will love it, too. Thank you. Cool. Thank you so much. Ah, so good to have Chris Bradley formerly known, well, I should say, originally known as Christy Leah Keikioa Kalani Kamai Bradley. That's I just have to say that name because it's so epic, <laughs> her, her Hawaiian roots. So yeah, what a awesome evolution to watch, to, to have her go through the Right Songs You Love program and and just see this different perspective come out. You know, it's like, that's what this is all about is just opening up that kind of rawness, that coreness, that coreness, if that's a word, that honesty that you can have in your writing that just helps you connect to yourself, helps you connect to others. And that's that's my biggest goal with if that can help all of you listening achieve that more regularly and hopefully in my mind over your entire life. This can be a place to refill that well and be reminded of what you need to do to, to get there and that there's a space that you can be supported in. Then that makes me happy. That makes me feel that this thing is working and yeah this is so awesome so big thanks again to chris for coming on and sharing and definitely go check out her blog about the musical mystic because there's some really cool things happening there and uh, a really cool song that she did recently called relax over the period of these last few months and there's a cool story on her blog about that. And you can see the transition from the work tape to something that uh, she ended up just sharing on a video. But the work tape is actually just having or happening as she's driving down the road, which is cool to hear that in action. So like I said, thanks for sticking out here, having a listen, tuning in as always. Appreciate you. And uh, we've got another great guest coming up next week. So stay tuned for that really important conversation about music in general and maybe what you can do if you feel like the, the drive for it is burning out a little bit. So keep an eye out for that and we'll catch you next time. That you did is done. Every one of your wins you won. Every word you spoke 
All the moments you choked are over And you can start over Every month, every day, every year Each and every step that you took got you here Every lesson you claimed, mistakes you made are over you can start over You can start all over You can start all over You can start over You can start over Right now Right now Every scar, every wound Every battle and bruise you carry Serve the purpose She's so far from that now Get up off the crowd and leave it all behind you. Right now.